The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. everybody welcome back to another edition of the 12 questions podcast here on the teardown feed my name is jeff gluck i'm a writer at the athletic and i do these podcasts each week with a different race car driver where we ask the same 12 questions and up next is matt de benedetto of wood brothers racing maddie d of course won the all-star race fan vote earlier this year popular guy among the nascar fan base but yet finds himself with an uncertain future yet again seems like an annual occurrence for him so i wanted to ask about that as well as the regular questions so here we go all right everybody i'm here with matt de benedetto and uh, matt the first question is when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are do you ever lie about what you do for a living i have done that before yeah uh i'm trying to think of we've done the uh thing where we say we're in town for a bowling tournament or you know stuff like that <laughs> a bowling tournament that's pretty good okay that's creative i like that uh which current driver have you known for the longest i've known alex bowman for a long time hmm. um yeah so we were teammates back at x team racing and the knn or, or now the arkham Menard series east back in 2011 or so so i've um i'd have to think on it but yeah, i've known him for quite a while Oh, okay. What was he like as a teammate? Oh, uh, good. You know, he was so young at the time and we were both young, but he's, uh, even a little younger than I am. So, um, so yeah, I would, uh, no, we had a, we had a good time. We, we, uh, we picked on him a little bit and we had a good time. And so we had kind of that, that relationship of, of giving each other a hard time, but we both were big into cars. So we, mm. uh, you know, had something, something in common. Okay. Can you describe to us what it feels like to crash in a race car? Um, yeah, it hurts a lot more than it looks like on TV. So, you know, I think some of the worst are when you blow a right front tire and then you have a split second to see the wall coming at you and you brace up and clench and you're like, oh gosh, because you know, it's going to, I mean, it hurts. It jolts you. It feels like, you know, feels like you get beat up with a baseball bat or something or you know it's but it's almost like your insides hurt because everything moves you get jolted so quick so uh, luckily the race cars are obviously extremely safe but it doesn't change the fact that you're hitting the wall at 190 miles an hour yeah right right uh do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud of um yeah you know my my life's changed more this year than it ever has in my whole life so uh, you know, as far as my, uh, my faith journey. So it, it's been from a religious standpoint and, and what's cool about it though, is it's been, um, involving people in the NASCAR industry, you know, including Michael McDowell and, uh, Eric Almarola and a lot of people in the industry that, um, you know, in the MRO and a lot of people. So it's amazing how the racing industry can change your, 
entire life and just having good people in it and the people in my personal life around here at our CrossFit Catawba Valley where we go to, they have a thing called Faith Fit and uh, where we do a little workout and have a devotional after. And I was getting invited to that. I was like, man, these are great people. Um, and I just had a lot of life change go on that I shared on my podcast. Um, and then it was like, I had a, a moment happen that was quite surreal. And um, yeah, now I have an incredibly strong faith, you know, my wife and I both, and I have a, uh, you know, I never knew I would be saying this and I'm so proud to, to have it. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum, but I do have a relationship with God and, and my life has been completely changed. I have a peace in life that I never knew was, um, existed to be, to be quite honest with you. So it's been something that I seeked out and, and pretty special and has changed my perspective on really everything. Not, not, not my passion for racing or anything. That's all the same. You know, I just, uh, have a, a great, an understanding of life that I'm appreciative for. Okay. Very cool. Uh, what makes you laugh during a race? <laughs> when, uh, when I see people in front of me, like throwing huge blocks on each other, especially okay. with the style of racing. Now I literally will laugh in the car when I'll see monstrous blocks or, you know, Joey Logano is probably the best at them, um, throwing humongous blocks and they actually make me giggle in the car. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what is a quality or skill you envy in another driver? Uh, it would, this is an easy answer for me, surprisingly. And it's, uh, toward Ryan Blaney and that he is good at everything. And it makes me mad like oh. sports wise, uh, you know, like if we're, if we do, we've done some team building events with, uh, the Ford family. And, um, you know, so we'll get all the drivers together and some of the folks from Ford and we'll do this, uh, you know, these fun, different team building events. And, uh, one of them involved playing flag football. And then it was, a like a kicking, like a punting contest, a quarterback throwing contest, a field goal contest and all this stuff. And, uh, we played kickball once and literally Blaney is good at every single one of them. Like he's the <laughs> best. Nobody's even close. It's unreal. I'm like, dude, how are you good at everything? Wow. Wow. That's, I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Unreal. Good. It's, it's not even human. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, so Matt, this is a, a wild card question and I'm mixing it up for, for each driver. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, you, you've been very open for years about the toll that stress can take on you. Um, you know, not knowing where you'll be driving, you know, for the next year. Um, does that ever get easier to deal with as you find yourself, you know, in these situations again? There's a couple of things that have made it uh, easier. Isn't the word um, made it, I'd say my journey and path to get here has uh, obviously been incredibly humbling, um, but it's made me very mentally tough. So I don't get quite as phased just due to pure mental toughness anymore so that's one thing that my career has groomed me for i've had so much stress and heartache and you know ups and downs and um so much to overcome that i'm appreciative for now because it's shaped who i am as a human being so mental toughness and uh two kind of going back to a little bit of, of what i talked about with uh and even before my faith journey i've always known like man a lot of things have happened out of my control that hundreds if not thousands of things have had to be perfectly in place going to 
big examples like Casey Kane having to retire or else I wouldn't have got that Paul Menard retiring or else I wouldn't have been there, you know, and, and those are big examples of there's hundreds and hundreds of little ones that if I wasn't in this place at this time on this day, I wouldn't be here where I am today. So I've also, I've gained an understanding that, um, especially through my faith journey that I know there are things that, that are out of my control, um, that I, am okay with and have a peace with that uh, all I, I know all I can do is work as hard as I possibly can devote my life to what I do and um, be okay with the things that have to also happen out of my control and dominoes that have to fall things that have to play out that are that are beyond me okay cool thank you for sharing that yeah um, Matt this has obviously become sort of a remote work world um, if you were allowed to relocate to a different state than where your team shop is, uh, where else would you want to live? Um, I love North Carolina, so th- this would always be my first choice. I-, I love living here. It's a great place, great people. Um, so this is home to me. But uh, if I was moving anywhere else, I would say um, I like Tennessee and outside of Nashville, mm-hmm. I think. That's cool because you can live out in the country, but also have really neat, cool areas to go to. And then um, also, I like uh, areas in Texas. I like the state of the state of Texas. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, very patriotic, cool place to to live and great areas out there. Okay, yeah. What is an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're comfortable sharing with us now? I would say the one that's been brought up a ton this week because we're going to road America is back in 2019. I was driving the, uh, uh, the Gibbs car in the Xfinity series and, um, at road America. And we were, uh, we were leading, we had the fastest car. I mean, we would have, could have, should have, but had definitely more than capability of winning that race. We were leading and uh, without even effort, that car was so fast. And then we, um, had kind of a bomb pit stop and lost all our track position and got shuffled back into the mess. And I did, I did not do a good job. You know, I kind of got pissed off and then drove through the field. I made some mistakes and was having to go back and then Pat repass people and just wasn't staying disciplined um, through the adversity. And then we, we drove back to second and I was pissed off that we drove only back to second when I knew we were a winning car. And we had that thing in the bag if we just halfway executed. But what I'm getting at is in the last corner of the last lap of the race, Austin Sindrick was on fresh tires. I was on old tires. And he, you know, had a lot of momentum and could have maybe gotten underneath me. And I was focused on looking at my mirror, making sure I didn't crash with him or chop across his nose if he did get underneath me, that I got a hair wide getting in the corner and I spun out and crashed. And that Uh, was the dumbest I've ever felt in my entire life. I gave away, you know, a a second place run at least could have salvaged that. I gave away by looking in my mirror to make sure that we didn't crash (laughs) because I was just like, let's just get across the finish line. I'm already mad, um, you know, that we've ruined this day and I didn't do a good job and all this. And then I do the dumbest thing I've ever done in my career and crash in the last corner by looking at my mirror and getting a little wide and getting out of marbles. So I felt so stupid. Oh man, that's painful just to listen to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was awful. (laughs) Um, Matt, if someone were to hand you an envelope and inside of this envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open it? Uh, no, 
I like uh, I like the unknown. Um, I, my career has been full of unknowns, and that's what <laughs> makes it interesting and, and exciting. So, nope, and I'm and I'm okay and at peace with all the unknown. I that's just part of the journey. Okay. Have you achieved your childhood dream? Uh, um. Yeah. You know, and there's. I'm going to give you a couple answers. Um. Yes and no. I would say. I would say yes in the sense of if you told me I'd be driving for the Wood Brothers. I mean, I grew up as just a fan of the sport. Nobody in my family watched NASCAR ever. So growing up and watching it, learning the history of the Wood Brothers, seeing the 21 car, all of drivers that were my idols that drive it. If you'd have told me as a kid, like, Hey, you're going to drive that one day. I'd be like, no freaking way. <laughs> um, so, so yes, in that sense, and to have the support from the fans, these are things that I could have just barely dreamed of, you know, getting the fan vote and having all the support and the journey and path to get here and coming close to wins, you know, the Bristol moment, that's where a lot of things in that sense, I would say, yes, uh, and, and also another thing to add to that in the yes category would be, um, you know, I feel like I've won in life more than anything that I could have possibly dreamt of as far as, you know, kind of my understanding of life and what I talked about with my faith journey, not to keep adding to that. That's just, you know, important to me. Yeah. So that's a win, um, beyond a win, beyond what I could have dreamt up. So I'm appreciative for that. And in the no category would be, uh, my goal is to win a cup series race. And mm-hmm. we're still want to check that off. And that's uh, especially getting the hundred twin for the Wood Brothers would be um, absolutely uh, a huge goal. Right, right. Yeah. So each week uh, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. And the last one I did was with Ernie Francis Jr., who's running uh, SRX this summer. And uh, his question is, what was the best car you've ever raced and the worst car you've ever raced? Man, I'd have to say that uh, 95 car uh, on road courses and at Bristol. Uh, that thing was a freaking rocket ship. So um, that and it was cool too, doing it with a smaller team. So um, so that was that was special and something that was, uh, you know, really fast. So that was neat. And um, the worst car that's a. Uh, driving uh, it's this is a random one but one that sticks out is like w- way back in the day driving a legends car around hickory motor speedway because it was a big racetrack and that was fast for them little things and you were sliding all over the place and had no grip and had to have a lot of throttle control and stuff uh and on treaded tires um they honestly kind of drove like crap which is what made it fun <laughs> okay okay that's a good answer and we um, won the race, so I mean, I guess it drove good enough to win. But oh, um, so yeah, you won with good. the worst car you ever raced? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I run it. Everyone, yeah. so it was bad for everybody. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who the next interview is with yet, so you can either give a question that I can ask anybody, or I can get back to you uh, when I know exactly who it'll be with. Up to you. Um, yeah, if you want, actually, just shoot me a text or something. Um, okay. I was getting curious on who's doing it next, so I'd love to give a give a question yeah absolutely well man thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate it yes sir sounds good man i appreciate it all right everybody there you have it maddie d on the 12 questions again i do appreciate him coming on and of course now before we go i need to plug the athletic it's not just the racing stories that i'm writing and jordan bianchi's writing on there 
but all sports, I can't imagine um, a major professional sports team or sport that the athletic is not covering. And you can find a deal for the entire website by going to theathletic.com slash 12 questions, one, two questions, and would appreciate your support as we get back to the tracks and uh, we'll be in Atlanta this weekend. So hope to say hi to some people there. Anyway, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast here on the Teardown Feed.